0: You know, I tell you, that is a, a very cool experience, right, being a dad. Isn't it, those of you guys who are dads? I tell you, that, the, that, I'll, I'll never forget when Mariah was first born um, and she came out. I, I was looking forward to being a dad. I had no idea what I was going to feel for that little thing. I, I remember, it was like I felt in love with her, like I did for Susie. I was like, oh, my goodness, the capturing of that love that I have for my child And that's true for Ashlyn, it's true for Caleb, it's true for all my kids. And now they're like 16, 18, and 20. And I still am crazy about them, every single one of them. Well, man, God is crazy about us, you guys. And uh, that's what we're gonna talk about. We're talking about his desire that you and I would win this war that's inside our mind, that every single human being has going on inside of us. And God sent Jesus Christ, he says, to set us free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Anybody want that? Yes, you do. (laughs) Every one of us does. You were created for it. God has it for you, and he wants you to be free. So we're taking this book, and I really do encourage you, buy this book. I mean, we're just going to do, we're doing this great week next week with a therapist, and then we got two more weeks on this. But there's so much more stuff in the book, and the application of the book is really helpful. Craig Grishel is the guy who wrote it. it, Just just out of curiosity, how many of you know who Craig Grishel is? How many of you know? Okay, about a third of you maybe. Um, Well, he is like the pastor of all pastors right now, okay? His church, I think they have like 35,000 people. Who, who come to him. And, and when you see him, uh, when I, so I just got to be honest, when I, when I first read this book and when I listened to him speak about this, there was part of me that goes, dude, you don't, you don't struggle with this stuff. I mean, you look at him and he's like chiseled, right? He's like this handsome guy. He is so ripped. I noticed this lately because I when I watch his messages, he doesn't wear the tight t-shirts anymore. I think it's because people are like, dude, that's, that's enough, man, just showing off that body, right, on the stage, you know. He, he, I mean, seriously, the guy has got everything going for him. He's, he's, he's bold, he's successful, he's strong. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. And yet, he was driven not out of love, but out of a lie. It's amazing me to think a guy, that a guy like that would wake up almost every morning, he said, and inside his mind was this thought, you're never good enough. You're never going to be enough. And some of you are like that, too. Like, you heard that when you were growing up, and that drove you now. It's like, oh, yeah. Well, I got to tell you this, man. It doesn't matter what your issue is, but if you're doing it and it ain't out of love, Bible has told us it is what? It's nothing. So here's this guy that I would look at and go, there's no way you struggle, man. And he's like, no, my whole life I've battled with insecurity, anxiety, and negativity most of my life. Anybody relate? Yeah. Well, I want to tell you, for me this week, it was so interesting. I've sought the 17 years we've been in existence, you know, to be as vulnerable as is appropriate with you guys about my own life. And man, I I, I shared last week, you know, I've actually been doing really well. And man, the beginning of this week, it was insane. I've said this before. Sometimes when you're going to speak on something, I've found through my 34 years of ministry, when you're going to speak on something, God likes to have you go through it so that you have, you know, so you're speaking from the heart and not just the head. (laughs) I don't know if he wanted me to have empathy or what, but I'm telling you, it was a brutal beginning of the week. The negative thoughts constantly coming inside my head that I had to battle. Man, and and, so let me just tell you guys the truth. I learned this from John Eldridge, but another great author if you want to read some good stuff. The enemy is always attacking us, but he's attacking us in our areas of strength. He doesn't attack you where you're weak. (laughs) He attacks you where you're strong. You know why? You guys, every one of you listen to me, man. This is so true. Satan fears, he fears who God has made you to be. He does. He knows that your life, if you actually live in the truth of who you are, in union with Jesus Christ, who has risen from the dead. I tell you, if you, if you live in that truth, in union with Jesus, that is Satan's kryptonite. <laughs> He just, he loses every time. He's already lost to Jesus. He has absolutely no power over Jesus. He knows that he's darkness and that Jesus is light. Do you guys know that? See, he knows that too. But I tell you what, man, darkness is scary and it's paralyzing. And that's what he is. And he knows that I sense I can't overcome Jesus who is light. Man, he tries to get us to live in the darkness. But I want to tell you, You live in the light of who Jesus is and who you are and in the reality of union with him. So by the way, if you're not a Christian here today, let me just tell you what it's all about (laughs) What it's all about at its core is that God sent Jesus Christ so that you and I could be reconciled back to God so that his spirit would actually live inside of you and you could live your life in union with God every moment of every day. Is that not cool? But if you do, man, Satan will start losing. (laughs) But if you live in the light of who Jesus is and in the reality of union with him, his dominion of darkness loses. Listen to man this, okay? Okay. He cannot, he cannot change who Jesus is. You guys know that, right? He cannot change who Jesus is. He cannot change the victory that Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross. It's finished and it is done. Forgiveness is offered for all of our sin, reconciling you to God, filling you with his spirit so that the very way of God, which he called the kingdom of God, could actually come to earth if you and I would live in union with Jesus, all of that. He can't change that. He can't change who you are. If you're a Christian today, you are a child of God, born of his spirit, and there's nothing he can do about it. And yet he never stops wielding his sword of darkness. And I know that full well this week. Anybody else know that? Okay. His lies are his weapon and your mind is the battlefield. So Romans chapter 12, verse two, Paul says this, don't conform, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There it is. Why are we talking about this? Why are we saying you got to win the, win the battle, winning the battle of the war in your mind? Because it's right there. We're transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, right? What did Jesus tell us to pray? I'm going to talk about this later. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what Jesus came to do. And you will be able to test and approve. You'll be able to try it. Once your mind is renewed and you're walking with God, you're going to test it. You're going to prove it. It's you're going to experience it. And look, oh, why would I want that? Oh, because it's good, pleasing, and Perfect. Good, please. How's that sound? (laughs) Fantastic. So don't be conformed, shaped into the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Win the war in your mind. Man, you guys, God's will generally is for you to be in union with him so that his way will come to earth. But he also has a very specific will for every one of you. When he knits you together in your mother's womb, he knows why you're here, and no one else does. And Satan does not want you to live out the will of God. He doesn't, but God does, and he's light, and he can overcome it. James 4, you guys, says friendship with the world means enmity with God. If we, if we, if we partner in the world's ways, conform to its ways, we actually end up being enemies of God. In the same book, James says that what's earthly, unspiritual and demonic. So what is this pattern of the world, right? Don't be conformed to the pattern of the world. Well, there's lots of things, but I, I, at the core in James, he says, it's selfish ambition and it's bitter envy. That's the way of the world. Think about you and I want to say, and then judge everybody else. Think about you and judge everybody else. And I want to tell you, man, that is the pattern of this world and we all know it. It's all about what you do and how people feel about you. And so in 2 Corinthians, this is kind of the passage we looked at last week, chapter 10, verse three. It says, for for though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. So man, uh, we had a fantastic Life Together group on Wednesday. By the way, if you're not in a Life Together group, come on, (laughs) like get in one. Because I want to tell you, it's one thing to listen to me blab, you know, for a half hour here. It's another thing to be able to sit with a group of people that you're building relationship with and talk about this and how it's affecting your life. It was, it was a fantastic discussion. And in the midst of it, somebody just goes, why is it? When we know that God loves us, when we know that he cares for us, do we still feel like we're not good enough and that we, and that we need to earn God's favor? It's like, why are we struggling with this? And as we talked about it, it's like because we live in the world. And I want to tell you what, man, the world. We breathe in this this thing of judgment, of performance, and people's opinions. We just do. From the earliest of memories, from the earliest of memories, you discovered that you're valuable, you're accepted, you're noticed, you're loved and affirmed by what you do and by what you have. You know, I dropped Ashlyn off, Susie and I did, to Colorado State. And on the drive there, she told us about more about her experience in elementary school. And I already knew that it had been rough, but she, got, she went into more detail. I'm like, are you kidding me? I could tell you, man, if I could go back in a time machine, I'd go up there and go smack some kids. I'm like, are you kidding me? what did you do to my daughter? Unbelievable to me. That she would have to walk by herself around the perimeter of the playground because nobody wanted to have anything to do with her. And she didn't know where to go. So she just wanted to look like she was doing something. You know, and, and, and I said, Ashley, why, why didn't you tell us? And she goes, well, she goes, and, and make my day and I could go see Jesus. She goes, because life at home, dad was just so good that I was okay but, but, but is she okay? No, no, she's not. You don't, you don't get treated that way day after day after day after day and not have those lies and those actions, those experiences come into your brain and tell you you're not acceptable. You're not good enough. And then what is it, you guys? You name yours. You're not smart enough. You're not cute enough. You're not sportsman gifted enough. You're not rich enough. You don't wear the right stuff. I mean, all of us right? our whole life, we have breathed this in. And man, the pressure is huge. And you know, here's the other thing. Let's say you were smart enough, or you were good enough, or you were cute enough, or you were funny enough, or whatever it was that made people. Well, then what do you, what, then, then you got just as much pressure, don't you? Because now you better keep it up. Because you know the only reason people are accepting you is because of that. (laughs) And by the way, does this change when you're a grown up? No. It's the life all of us are living. And then, you know what can happen? You can actually perform well. Like be at the top of your game and still not get loved. Well, now what do you do? Well, you got to go to something to feel good right? So now we go down all our venues. <laughs> now we pursue the sex and the drugs and the alcohol, the success, you know, whatever it is that can give me that hit, because apparently I need this. You guys, this is so huge. Let me just tell you this. A lie believed, experienced, held to, and thought over and over again does become the driving force in your life. It's your stronghold. But again, here's the good news a truth from Jesus, experienced and held on to and thought over and over again can become the driving force in your life. And you can be set free. It can be you can create a new stronghold, and it can be the armor of God and the strength of God and the love of God and the freedom of God that's in Christ. It's possible. So in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4, it said this. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. We live in the world, but we got different weapons. On the contrary, crazy, they have divine power. Divine power (laughs) to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Do you guys hear that? Can I just ask you, how many of you are taking captive every thought? Right, yeah, no, we're not. Why do we need to take captive every thought? Because your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. It just is. And so if we don't take these captives, and then what does it mean to take a thought captive and make it obedient to Jesus, a thought? How do I take a thought that comes in my head and go, I'm going to take it. It's not going to take me down. I'm going to take it, and then I'm going to make it obedient to Jesus. I don't know. When I read that, I, what I pictured is me just going, okay, if, we, if, you know, if I could physically perform this, it's like I would take this thought. I think what it means is I would take it and I would present it to Jesus. And then I would say, Jesus, what do you say <laughs> about this thought? Make it obedient to him. Make it present this thought to the truth, right? Jesus said, I'm the way, I am the truth and the life. Take it and present it to him and then get it, obedience, get it in sync with Jesus. (laughs) Now, that's what we need to do. And so we have a weapon, it says here, we have these weapons that have divine power. What's what's the weapon? What is the weapon that we have that actually has divine power? Anybody want to throw out a guess? Okay, like four things or more. I don't know. Yeah, prayer is definitely a weapon. But in the scripture, when it tells us that we have an enemy and he has schemes against us and we have the armor of God, right? We put on all, all this defensive stuff. We have one weapon. What is it? Sword of the Spirit, which is the? It's the word of God. The word of God is, has divine power. It is the sword the spirit of God uses to actually demolish the strongholds that are in your brain. I was meeting with a guy that I discipled this week, and we were talking about this. And I said, you know, I I actually need, I need encouragement. Anybody else need encouragement? (laughs) Like, I need encouragement. And and the Bible actually says, encourage each other. Okay? So that's important to do. But I got to tell you this, man. Encouragement helps. But it doesn't have divine power. The word of God has it. It's divine. Hebrews 4.12 says, the word of God is alive and it's active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword and it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. You guys know the scripture tells us the heart is more wicked, right? It's the, the heart is a wicked thing. We just we can't trust it. Everybody says, follow your heart. I'm like, oh Lord. Are you kidding me? Good luck. <laughs> because inside your own heart is a bunch of messed up thinking. The word of God, when the lie comes, what's what has the power? What has the power to come inside this lie that's been embedded inside of you, sharper than a double-edged sword, and pierce right to the penetration of the deepest part of who you are, and say, this is a lie, as some people like to say that, I, because I do like to say it, from the pit of hell, and this is the truth. I tell you what, Satan's so good, man, because when he lies, he always has truth in it. Sometimes the biggest lies I've believed came from the Bible, Jesus had that same experience. Did you know that? <laughs> Satan knows how to take even the scripture and twist it. But the word of God is the only thing that has the divine power to help you know this is the lie and this is the truth. Second Timothy 3, 16, 17 says, all scripture is God breathed. It's come from the life of God. That's why it's living and active. Even... <laughs> Come on, man! It's so fun. I just, I love reading. I just love reading the Bible so much. I love it. I love it. You know why? Because it's fresh and new every time. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm reading Romans for my own self. I've read these things over and over, and I'll read it, and it hits me in a fresh way. You guys have all read the Bible, isn't that cool? You know why? Because it's alive and it's active. It's God-breathed. It'll give you life. And it's useful, listen, for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And what is right so that the servant of God, so that you and I could be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So what I want to do is I want to give you some tools in this this second half of the message for training. Because all scripture is given to us to train us, right? Right? for righteousness, so that we're equipped. Now, um, I don't know if you knew this, but we actually have to train our mind. Did you guys know you have to train your mind? <laughs> like, you probably know about training your dog. You know, we don't, because when I take Aspen for a walk, she takes me for a walk, is, that, is, is actually how that goes. You know, I, in fact, lots, most of the time, I actually wait till it's dark so my neighbors don't see how bad we were at training our dog, but <laughs> it it's crazy. But we train our dog. We, we also know what it is to train our bodies. Right. I remember when one of my good friends who was in our Life Together group years ago switched from being an ER doctor to actually working to help people with their health. So I said, yeah, I'll be one of your first patients because who knows? I mean, God knows I need it. And uh, so we we went all about the exercise and stuff. And he just said, hey, Dave, just so you know, yes, exercise is important. But it's almost all about what you're putting in your body. (laughs) Somebody else knows this, huh? (laughs) Yeah. If you really actually want to get healthy, lose weight, because it's, it's about what you're putting in. Okay? Can I just tell you? It's the same thing with your mind. If you're going to train your body well, it's about what you take in. If you're going to train your mind well, it's about what you take in. Listen to this. Romans 8, verses 5 and 6 say this. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature... Okay. So the sinful nature would be sin is just anything that's not of God. Right. So when you're dominated by the sinful nature, which means what? Man, I know I am. It's Romans seven, right? Why do I do the thing I don't want to do? Why don't I do the thing I want to do? Why am I dominated by dark thoughts that are actually causing destructive patterns of behavior in my life? that are diminishing my ability to be free and full, that are hurting. Why why is that going on? Well, those who are dominated by that sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Spirit, Holy Spirit, think. (laughs) You think things about things that please the Spirit. So, Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, you guys. And some of you, some of you are like, amen? I know that. We all know that. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. You know, one of the key words in this scripture right here is letting. You, what are you letting into your mind? What are you letting into your mind? Are you, well, and, and, and again, I mean, you can't live in this world. We live in this world. And so can we just be honest? What's going on? I'm I can't help it. Stuff is just bombarding you and me all day long. It's the air that we breathe. I mean, you literally have to just shut your eyes and close your ears and just close your eyes and shut whatever. And, uh, to just not have anything come in because it's all around us all the time. But what's crazy is this scripture is saying you actually have the ability to let your sinful nature control your thoughts or the Holy Spirit to control. And I want to tell you, man, you control your thoughts or your thoughts will control you. You, you know that, they do. So Philippians 4, 8, and 9 tells us, what do we do then? He says, now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Wow. Fix your thoughts. Think about those things. Guess what? Every one of us in this room has the ability to do that, don't we? Every one of us has the ability to do this. And there's two admonitions because the next verse says, keep putting into practice all that you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, and the God of peace will be with you. So there's two admonitions. The first one is this, fix your thoughts and think about these things. Fix them, think about them, fix them, think about them. We're gonna to get to that in just a second. But the second thing is, and then put it into practice. <laughs> right? I think I said this last week. Jesus made this really clear. We're all listening today to his word. And he says, those who hear my word and put it into practice, are they like the man who builds his house on the rock and the storms come and the temptations come and the battles come and your house stands firm. But if you hear his word and don't put it into practice, Jesus, God knows this about us. You're the foolish man who builds his house on the sand. The temptations come, the wars come, the spiritual battle comes and your house crashes. So we gotta do this. And then, what's he say? And the God of peace will be with you. There it is. There's the union with God that he wants every one of us to have. He wants you to be at peace. He wants you to be free. So think, that word means to meditate, you guys, to reflect, to take account, to calculate. It's, in other words, it's not a quick reading. <laughs> you can't just kind of be like, read the Bible and just be done and have it actually get to the depth of your being. It is deep long, repeated exercise so that new patterns are formed in your mind, new strongholds from God, and you are renewed in here, and that will lead to you being transformed. And sometimes I know people are like, wait, 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 wait. meditation, that's an Eastern thing. Don't meditate. Okay. Well, again, then then the enemy just worked to get us to stop doing what God told us to do. (laughs) Eastern meditation is literally, usually it's, right, you empty your mind of anything and you just you open yourself to whatever. Well, that's not biblical meditation, okay? Look at what meditation is in the Psalms. Psalm 119.15, I meditate on your precepts and I consider your ways. I think dip, deeply. This was the, the cow, right, chewing on his cud. Just over and over and over. You think about it. You think about it. Psalm 143.5, I meditate on all your works and I consider what your hands have done. Can Can I ask you a question? All of us are bombarded all day long with the way of the world, constantly. How often are you putting God's word into your mind? And if we don't think and meditate about what is true and lovely, and right, but we want a different life. <laughs> I wish I acted differently, but it's not about behavior management, you guys. It's not about changing your behavior. Everything you're doing is because of what's going on inside of here. Man, in the, in, in, in the book, uh, Craig mentions a, an article that was in Psychology Today, where they, they, the studies are showing that if, 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 during one day, on average, you'll have 500 unwanted intrusive thoughts a day. And they usually last about 14 seconds. You do the math, that's two hours full of thoughts every day that you didn't ask for, you didn't think about, they just came. Now, I don't argue with that, right? So, what do we do? Parents, can I just say something to you? Your kids are under absolute assault. Do you you guys know this? They are. Everything, everything in culture is trying to pull them away from God. Everything. Can I ask you? in the midst of the world that they're living in every single day, where in the world are they going to get the word of God ever, ever? I think two places, hopefully in your home and at K2 or, or or in a church setting in a youth ministry or in our children's ministry. I want to tell you, if you're a parent and you got kids, you better be doing everything you can because the enemy is doing everything he can to get strongholds in their minds, to get them to not believe in him, to make them feel horrible things about themselves. It's unbelievable to me, the amount of emotional pain and suffering that's happening with our children and our youth today. It's huge. And then just you, like we we meet here weekly to do this, daily to do this, and then we've, we've taught you about how to do it throughout the day. You gotta meditate. Here's what's amazing about Craig. He finally realized, he goes, what am I gonna do, live the rest of my life? constant with constant negative thoughts all the time why do i do that as a follower of jesus so he went after it and he started reading the books and he started getting into scripture and he went and he got therapy three years of absolute dedication do you guys hear that three years so don't think you're going to hear this message and be like okay i got it (laughs) right no man your enemy doesn't quit so what I want to share with you right here as we close is the replacement principle. It's the replacement principle. And I taught you last week, the first thing you got to do is you got to, you got to be able to know what is the lie? What is the false thing you're believing about yourself? What is the negative thing that keeps coming into your mind? Man, I shared this with you guys at some point before I moved out here um, I just, I just realized, it's like, man, I, I have so many negative thoughts. And I met with a therapist, and I started talking to him about it, and he's like, well, what do you think you hear? And I go, I just feel like I'm a loser. He said, really? Okay. Well, take a little notebook, and every time that you hear in your head that you're a loser, write it down. He goes, I want you to write it down. And then I, he goes, I want you to write how you heard the voice. You guys, after a week, I wanted to cancel the appointment. Because <laughs> I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I'm like, I can't believe how many times I feel like I'm a loser. And you know what was interesting? He goes, really? When you hear that you're a loser, what's the voice you hear? Very fascinating. It was always, you're a loser. It wasn't, I'm a loser. It was, you're a loser. Man, this is just true. So you got to know what the lie is. What are you hearing? And then you have to know what the truth is. You have to replace it. There's a lie. There's the truth of scripture. And then there's a declaration. And in the book, and, and, and as, as uh, Craig said, here's what, how he, he says it. And once you, once you know what the truth is, you've got to write it, and you've got to think it, and you have to declare it until you believe it. you got to write it, you got to think it. Do you guys hear the scripture today, right? Think about these things, then you declare it until you believe it. So I, I shared with you guys last week, the lie, as, as I was going through his book, And I did this exercise deeply. I sat with it. I said, God, what's the lie? And I shared with you last week, it's I must be successful to be accepted by God. And the pressure of that is not good news, you guys. (laughs) That's not the gospel. And then as I went through the scripture, Hebrews 12, 6, uh, and I shared it, the Lord trains the one he loves and he disciplines everyone he accepts as a son. And I, I and here's what's weird like I can think those things, but that verse, the word of God that's alive and active, like a double-edged sword, went right down into my being and said, David, David, you're my son, which means I accept you. Like, like Dylan and Elijah, I just, I just delight in you because you're my kid. Period. You don't have to prove yourself to get my love. I'm like, I know that. No, you don't know that. You might think it, but you got to believe it, David. And that scripture started to set me free. And then as I got to the declaration, here was my declaration. It was awesome. God doesn't withdraw his love when I fail. He pours it on even more. I'm accepted as his son and he's making me like his son. You guys, do you know that? I I see, I don't think I wasn't thinking that way. If I felt like I failed, it was like, oh my gosh, God's disappointed. He's frustrated. He's like, why did I call Nelson to do this? (laughs) Seriously, that's what I'm thinking. But the scriptures say no, you are accepted, and when you're accepted as my son, I train you and I discipline you because I believe in you and I want you to become everything that you want to be. So you know what's on my phone right now? When I fail, God pours his love out even more. I am accepted as his son, so he loves me. Every time I pick up my phone, I see this. I'm going to think it. I wrote it, and I'm going to think it, and I'm going to declare it until I believe it. Right? What's yours? Man, I've shared here in the past, Other things for me, I've always felt like no one likes me. That was just and it goes back to my childhood, and everybody's like, whatever. I'm like, shut up. That's what I think, okay? That's my issue. And then I think people must accept me to be valuable. That's the whole thing. Well, that's a lie. That's a lie. I have a new truth. The scripture says, In all these things, we are more than conquerors, and nothing can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. And you know what hit me with that? I started thinking about that. Oh. You know what that means? What do you mean more than a conqueror? That means a conqueror isn't someone who just makes it. Conqueror wins. And you know how we win? Is nothing can separate me from the love of God who he poured it into my heart. And that means even when someone doesn't accept me, even if someone is is displeased with me, even if someone rejects me, you know what I have the power to do? Love them. (laughs) Love them. Because nothing can separate me from the love of God. And he poured it into my heart. And it's like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my gosh, you're the one who's messed up. (laughs) Isn't that true? Come on, man. When you're not loving somebody, who's the the problem? You are. So now all of a sudden, it's like, God has given me a new, this is a new one for me. I'm I'm like, okay, I'm going to start. So my declaration is no one can stop me from loving them. That's amazing. That was Jesus. Jesus right? No one could stop them from loving him on the cross. Forgive him. Crazy. I'm a dearly loved child, and I can love because I'm loved. You guys, what's your lie? What's the truth in scripture? And create a declaration and write it. Think it. Declare it until you believe it. Because I want to tell you, I know lots of stuff. I really do. I've been a pastor for 34 years but I realize there's a lot of things that I know that I don't believe. And what he's talking about here, the transformation happens when you believe it. So whether your lie is God doesn't have a good future for me, or that you're struggling to know his will, or maybe your lie is you've sinned too big. Your sin's too big or too many times. I remember one time I'd had a woozy. woo, And I remember there's, I just felt like there's no way. And then the scripture that he led me to was 1 Peter 2, 4. It says, he, Jesus himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, oh, you're right, Dave. That's the one sin that wasn't in Christ's body. <laughs> he kind of gets sarcastic with me every once in a while. He ever do that with you? God's kind of sarcastic in the Bible. See, but it was scripture. It's like, wait a second. What am I, what am I? Do I believe that all my sin was in Christ's body on the tree, but not that one? Come on, man. You got to know the truth. Replace the lie that it was too big. No, it's not. No, sin's too big for Jesus to forgive you. It was all in there. So you confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive you. You declare it and then you believe it and it sets you free. But I don't have what it takes to live the life that God has for me. I'm just not good enough. Baloney. His divine power is giving us everything we need for godly life through our knowledge of him who called us. He's got everything you need, everything you need. So anytime the enemy's saying you can't be good enough, you you can't live a godly life, you can't really know God, that's not true. God will give you everything you need. If you struggle with anxiety or worry or money and possessions or you need a certain position to feel good, I can't ever get over this addiction. I'll never have a healthy relationship. I'm never gonna be close to God. They're all lies. Okay? So, what is the lie, what is the truth, and declare it. Write it, confess it, declare it, until you believe it. So here's what I wanna offer you. Ben, you guys can come on up. I wanna offer you this. Um, I do have 34 years of almost daily reading the scriptures. I kinda know the Bible. So I know that some of you have not read the Bible. And some of you have done very a little bit. And so I just want to offer you this. If you know what your lie is, but you don't know what the truth is, would you email me? You email me this week, dnelson at k2thechurch.com. And I will give you the truth you need, okay? I will give you the scripture that you need to battle the lie. Come on, man. Don't let the enemy keep you from being free. From being alive, from being a glorious creation of God, Jesus came to set you free. He wants and has done everything so that the spirit of God and you can live in union. And the enemy is doing everything he can to steal your life and kill it and destroy it. But Jesus came so you could have life to the full. And he is the light and he will overcome your darkness. He is present and able and mighty and powerful to give us life. So, when you know what your lie is, find the truth. If you need help finding the truth, let us know. We'll give you the truth through the scripture. And then you think it, write it, think it, declare it, until you believe it. Because if you believe it, that light will set you free. All right, let's stand together and let's worship. This is the other way, you guys, another way to think it that helps you get to your heart is that to worship, we worship, we're going to sing truths about God and let it get to your heart and let it get to your soul. All right. Let's do it together.